Fellow music lovers, you are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. Just happy to have you hanging out here with us on the internet once again. Uh, it's a Bruce Springsteen week this week, apparently, on the podcast. Yesterday, we talked about Born in the USA. You should go back and listen to that. Hopefully, give you a little little new, a new and darker perspective on, on that classic album. But today, we're going to talk about an album that is not that. Uh, we're talking about Bruce Springsteen's Western Stars. It's his 19th album, his first in five years, just released. Massive critical acclaim, although the most hilarious headline I've seen so far is that uh, Rolling Stone breaks with Springsteen and gives him four stars. Uh, lowest rating they've given him, I think, in his career is the joke. But uh, but maybe it's deserving. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to like a little spoiler here. I'm not a huge fan of this uh, this album, although I'm a bigger fan of this album after going through this discussion. So um, that being the case, uh, and and like I do with a lot of my music, is I have to talk about it with people, and maybe I'm missing stuff. Um, maybe the the initial hit isn't isn't just right. It's me, is what I'm saying. It's me. So to clear that up, I invited my friends Philip Bassnight and Michael Zwern to hang out via the magic of the internet and and talk about this album. There are varying degrees. Of of Springsteen fanboyism, which you will hear, and uh, and like I said, I think I think it sheds some lights uh, on an imperfect piece of work uh, made by a, a person who's, uh, to be honest, his career is kind of in, unimpeachable. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. I want to get you into this right now with the title track I hear, uh, a story of love and regret, and which is you know about the whole album. Here's Western Stars. I wake up in the morning. Glad my boots are on Instead of emptying the whispering grasses Down the fiber forest lawn On the set the naked girl brings me Two raw eggs and a shot of gin And I give it all up for that little blue pill That promises to bring it all back to you Ride me down easy Ride me down easy, friend Tonight the western stars are shining bright again Here in the canyons above sunset The desert don't give up the fight with someone's chihuahua and its teeth skitters across my veranda in the night Some lost sheep from Oklahoma Sips her mojito down at the whiskey bar Smiles and says she thinks she remembers me from that Commercial with a credit card Hell, these days are Now there's just a game 
Tonight the western stars are shining brighter again Some days I take my El Camino Throw my saddle in and go East to the desert where the shadows They still ride and roll Our American brothers Cross the line, bring the old ways with them Tonight the western star That's a little bit of Western Stars, the title track off of Bruce Springsteen's latest album. I don't even know how many he has at this point. We can just say this is uh, plus one to the fuck ton uh, on that. Uh, joining me to talk about this are Philip Bass Knight, Mr. Michael Zwern. Gentlemen, uh, I, I want to first acclimate people to see what kind of fans we are uh, with Bruce Springsteen. I'll start here first and say uh, I first picked up Springsteen. I heard Springsteen on Born in the USA, but I first picked up the box set, the 75 to 85. Mm-hmm. That's the type of fan I am. So I, I wasn't around for Nebraska. I wasn't around for the rivers. If I, I've drifted back to them, but, uh, but really that that's where that and Born in the USA are where my, my loyalties lie. Uh, what about you, Michael? Well, I am a, uh, a heterodox voice here. My favorite Springsteen record is actually Tunnel of Love, which is a really unusual Ooh, pick. Holy shit. Uh, okay. I love, I love Springsteen. I've loved pretty much his whole classic run, but I didn't listen to it when I was coming out because I was too young. So I got in. I do own the box set. That was one of my big introductions to Springsteen. But I saw him first in the Human Touch Lucky Town tour. Oh, wow. Which Damn. was probably 90 two um so i kind of missed the classic era of the 80s but i've you know absorbed all the catalogs sort of belatedly after that and uh so my picks for springsteen are not always the obvious ones because i kind of got into it sort of asym uh you know asymmetrically asynchronously not as they were being released but later are you are you a brilliant disguise uh, fan yeah i think brilliant disguise is one of the best songs he's ever written yeah what i think it's one of the Go ahead. Oh, I just listened to that 57 channels and nothing's on the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. What a classic and a forgotten yeah. classic. Yeah. So, so, so where are you at, Philip? So uh, my name's Philip Basnight. I'm in a band called Broke Royals. And uh, for a short time, we were a broke, we were a Bruce Springsteen born in the USA <laughs> cover band. We used wow. to tour are, the are East Coast. Are you fucking serious? I'm not, I, I am serious. <laughs> those, those photos are out there. Um, I am a diehard Boss fan. I love him, but I'm honest. Uh, I don't think every song is the greatest song ever written. <laughs> but when I was 18 years old, my graduation present was I, I went to see Springsteen at the Verizon Center at the time, dressed in uh, 70s Springsteen garb. And I was I was mocked relentlessly. I had a headband, I had a cutoff <laughs> t-shirt. Nice. And I didn't care one bit and i was right at the corner of the catwalk and it was me and bruce was to my right and clarence was to my left and it was uh i was the i was the front row i won the lottery wow uh, and it was a transformative evening in my life anyways um so all that to say 
Uh, I've seen him as many times as I can, and I, I I love him to death. I'm a little younger, so I I have had to play catch up. I haven't been on. I've been on post the rising Springsteen gotcha. yeah concerts, yeah. but well, but, but yeah. brother brother, I've known you for like two years. How did I not know that about you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. have hired you to play Born in the USA <laughs> for our going away party. And it would have been that. It would have been like hell yes. I know um, every word of that album. That's not uh, a lot. Well, I hope our, our recent discussion of it did it justice, and, and maybe we'll go back and edit you in. So so that being the case, you're the super fan. Let's start with that. Bruce has an album out. You get excited when he brings an album out. And Western Stars, they've been hyping the fuck out of this, and sure. now it's here. So what were your expectations, and how did it meet them? No, it's it's a great question. I have tempered expectations because the last ten years have been tough for Springsteen fans. I for me, I don't. I loved what they did with working on a dream in the live setting. I didn't love the Walmart release. I didn't love the uh, album itself. It wasn't my favorite um, Springsteen album. High hopes. I thought the high the the highest hopes that we had on uh, Wrecking Ball were some of our were, were some of the covers and the the redone tracks um and so it hasn't been new material that's been bringing me back to the boss recently however uh the book is incredible the book yeah. will floor you the oh, book yeah. is great yeah. as someone who read the book twice i was shocked that the one man show could still impress me right right that, right that, so that, how does how does someone do that with basically the same material it's incredible that netflix show is is fucking astounding it's an astounding rock and roll document and uh and uh, but we're talking about the album but no this all leads <laughs> this leads this leads me back nicely to uh to the album and i think him sitting alone at a piano and at a guitar for about two years almost two years during that one man show i think it had to recenter him on what good songwriting is what the best songs were, because these songs remind me more of Nebraska than anything he's done in, you know, that many years. Th- these are good songs. You strip away the string arrangements, the, you know, xylophones, the all the fun things that are going on and the, mm-hmm. the Western motifs, the spaghetti Westerns, and you get back to good songs. You know, not every single one of them is a is a home run, but there are some home runs on this album. And to me, that's why it's reminiscent of Nebraska, Born in the USA, which a lot of those songs were written in the same time frame anyways. Uh, and I think having to sit and sing those songs, his best songs in his catalog over and over and over again during the one man show, mm-hmm. to me, that's what it says is he had to recenter. He had to think about what brought people back, what really, really intrigued him about or what intrigued the fans about those, you know, those hits. Right, right, right. So, so what to your mind is, is uh, the uh, best example of, of this new focus on songwriting on here? Um, well, the first, the whole first run is fun. It feels like a John Steinbeck movie to me. You know, if John Steinbeck was writing screenplays in 2019 or something like that, like it's Western and desperate and all that. But, um, but Moonlight Motel is, is a standout for me on the album. The imagery is really great. And it just, uh, it touches on all those classic Springsteen themes. There's a place on a blank stretch of road where Nobody travels, nobody goes And the desk man says these days round here Well, two young folks could probably up and disappear And the rustling sheets of sleepy 
classic Springsteen. That's what I look for in Springsteen. Um, and that is the last song on the album. It, you know, it, it, take, it takes a little while to get there uh, for that. But uh, And we'll get into that in a little later. But, but so as the uh, latter-day Springsteen fan, Michael, wh- wh- what are you feeling about this? I like the record. I am not 100% sold by the record. Um, sometimes when you listen to Springsteen, you get that sense that he is um, a well-researched uh, scholar of a subject that he's never actually lived himself. And sometimes that's totally fine. Uh, there's a lot of sort of fictionalizing here that is kind of in uh, kind of distinct in an interesting way from The Ghost of Tom Joad, which was another record that had a very distinctly Southwestern vibe to it. Uh, Ghost of Tom Joad was very... Uh, inspired by contemporaneous kind of reporting about what the West, the Southwest was like, the border regions, the, uh, you know, the, the, the challenging situation at the U.S. and Mexico border, you know, and it seemed very journalistic. This seems like he's trying to get to a storytelling motif that's sort of the, the Western experience that's been several generations removed from the Old West and several fictionalizing layers removed from real people. So there's a, there's a sort of an interesting vibe that I get from it where everything is imagined past that's been filtered through the way he experienced the West on television and movies in his childhood mm. rather than actual people who might live in the West. So all this musical motif, the, uh, the Glenn Campbell pieces and the string sections, it's all multiple layers remove like a photocopy of something that you never experienced firsthand. So I like a lot of this record and I appreciate a lot of this record, but I'm not 100% sold by it, which is not an unfamiliar experience with some records that I like. But right, right. the best things about Springsteen are the senses that he gave you where you might not have felt that he lived the experience, but he saw it firsthand through people he knew. Here, it, everything feels a little secondhand or thirdhand. And I'm curious for Philip's perspective, because you obviously really went for some of this stuff, if you felt that there was something of uh, a sense of remove for some of the stories that he's telling in these uh, in these songs. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I couldn't uh, agree more with what you're saying there in terms of 
when you really believe Springsteen, it's not even that he's lived these stories, but he convinces you that these are stories worth telling. You know, working yeah. on the highway, Darlington County, these are things that he didn't live exactly, but these were his friends. This was the place where he grew up. And you can walk a mile in those shoes through these songs. Um, I I think sometimes we hold the stand. You know, it's hard when you're when you're Springsteen. It, yeah, the standard it's hard for, out there for Springsteen. The standard for a great album is 100% of the best songs you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. You yep. know, this isn't that. It's not that. But for a man at his age, at his stage in the game to produce this many great songs. And another thing that I will say is that, uh, and you hear it on Moonlight Motel, sometimes we think of Springsteen as a, a ballad guy, but I really think he's a power ballad guy, right? Thunder Road, we're bringing the heat. Like it's a, It starts out yeah. as a ballad, but it really gets rising. But some of these songs, they don't really go they don't go beyond the ballad. And so he kind of does his best Tom Waits impression. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he does, he, he does achieve some great ballads. And, um, for that, I think this album will be remembered as a standout in his catalog. I, you know, to, to both of you, I wonder like the, the thing about where he was writing about the West. I, I mean, I, I remain unconvinced. I don't hear a Western sound on this album. Um, and uh, and honestly, somewhere north of Nashville, Nashville's not in the West, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, and and so, what era of the West do you think he's writing about? Because you know, you mentioned Glenn Campbell, and there's certainly like he's heard Glenn Campbell, obviously, uh, or whoever's like arranging the strings and stuff. But the, that was not a Western sound. They were just happened to be located in Los Angeles. But that's um, a great so point. I mean, on the song Western Stars, there's the lyrics, mm -hmm. once I was shot by John Wayne. Yeah, it was towards the end. That's right. that one scene's brought me a thousand drinks, set me up and I'll tell it for you, friend. Yep, this yeah. is about aging Western stars. This is about the end of that era. This is about Western stars on Viagra. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's he's selling Viagra as, as the actor. <laughs> that, you know, but is he is he talking about on this? there's a lot been made about how it's evocative of the landscapes and stuff. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get it all on this album. Is he talking about the, these stars? Then there's something that to me is way more interesting. If he's talking about uh, John Wayne and honestly, John Wayne is the only Western star I know, but you could go Clint Eastwood, whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but you know, if he's talking about that, that's a very different uh, mode. And I, I, you know, there's no sound associated with that yet. Maybe this is it. Right. Well, I was going to say, this is about the idea of the West that he acquired through television, Westerns, and movies. Okay. It's not about, as I said, it's not about real Western people. It's about this multiple layers of remove that you get a Hollywoodized experience that he's, you know, absorbed as a kid, I think from the 50s and 60s, which uh, was already f well past the era of the classic West, the opening of the American West. And it was in an era where, you know, the West was becoming urbanized and it was a, a west of highways there were still cows there were still horses but it's a it's a modernized mid-20th century version of the old west and uh i sent you on uh on uh, email this xkcd cartoon about how the idea of the old west which lasted maybe 30 40 years 
in the second half of the 19th century has now been exploited for, what, 150 years pretty much in multiple layers of film and books and video games and movies and music. And, and people are all revisiting the idea of the Old West. And now it's all these layers removed from now. We got uh, TV actors who were shot by John Wayne in a movie reliving their past glories, which were in turn films that were reliving the glories of the 1860s you know it's 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 a lot of distance there between the ideas of the old west and the stories that springsteen is telling about people who are still trying to live those old glories a little bit the the tv uh, side of it I, that does make it make a little bit of sense and then it contextualizes a little of of like say the song tucson train right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where where that's not um you know in past songs he would write about a couple getting out, you know, or uh, me and Kate, you know, we're still in my hometown. Uh, and this is, is just a completely, like, fictional I thing. I down and out in Frisco Tired of the pills and the rain I picked up pity for the sunshine I left a good thing behind Seemed all of our love was in vain Baby's coming in on the Tucson train. I come here looking for a new life, one I wouldn't have to explain. But that voice that keeps me awake at night, when a little piece of me everything right. If I could just turn on. So, you know, that, that's a standard Springsteen story about a guy. He's, he's drug addicted, a little burnt out, and, he, you know, his love is coming back to him. Um, he's using the keyboard sounds from Born in the Day, though. I mean, that's the thing. You know, that that is the most – that could be a Glenn Campbell song, uh, the opposite of uh, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, you know. But mm-hmm. it, 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 it comes off to me, and this is my main problem with this album, is that the instrumentation on all of it is sounds just like hokey. Uh-huh. And every single time I want to get into one of these songs, I, I can't because the music around it is just like drives me crazy how just like amateur it sounds to me. And I come away from this like wishing I had never heard this album. <laughs> and it's... It, it's it's hard because like I like Springsteen, I like some of the songs on there. Like like I said, Philip, I think there are uh, enough. There's enough good material to make, or enough okay material to make an okay EP. And um, but he clearly wanted to make a statement with, about this album. But you know, you look at like a song like Sleepy Joe's Cafe. Like it's a that's a Buffett song. It's so yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's filler. It, 
Right. There's just so much filler, you know, and there are some like I like uh Drive Fast the Stuntman. Oh yeah. It is a great song. Uh somewhere north of Nashville, I, I joked about it, but you know, that's actually a good song. And and I think this could be just bias, but it's what I expect from Springsteen and and him trying to uh become a new character like Tom Waits, uh like Bob Dylan. Um you know, and, and try to be this other person. And I don't, I just don't know that he's ever done that in his career. And it seems like a misstep for that. The mm-hmm. biggest misstep here though, uh, I just have to play a little bit of this. Not a lot. There goes my miracle <laughs> is it's, it, it it's is among the me, worst. Oh, it's, it's the worst song he's ever done. Like recorded, no, it's not. It's not no, even. No, it's not no, even. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not even. It, it's. It's. Just play it here. Searching for my love. Searching for my Bruce loves Roy Orbison. <laughs> I know that he's look. He's never been associated with as being a crooner, but he's an Italian American from New Jersey. Of course, he's a fucking crooner. Of course, the problem is he can't croon. And <laughs> I, I, I got to the song and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" And this is like, uh, you know, it's when an artist for me goes off the rails and just says, "I can do anything. I'm so big, I can do anything." So I do. And to see Springsteen do this, it, it made me sad. So I need some help getting back to like being okay having heard this album because it's really ruining my year, guys. Well, listen, listen, listen. You're 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 blinded by your love. You're blinded by the light. You <laughs> you're forgetting that Bruce Springsteen once released a song called "Queen of the Supermarket," yes. and it's about exactly what you think it's about. Right. You, you, yeah. you, we've forgotten because we love him so much. We forget about the get on your boots because we like the new miracle of Joey Ramone. We, we, we allow rock stars, <laughs> aging rock stars to get away with things because we want to like their new things so much. But well, let's make her stand here. Philip, let's make her stand here. Before. He's already <laughs> hit the bottom. I mean, Let's make our stand here. Let's not allow this anymore. God damn it. I, it, it, it's just, um, it, it, look, I see all the press releases, uh, that, that also colors how I listen to a lot of albums. Unfortunately, there's no way to really avoid it. It's just how this is marketed and everything. Um, and it's just, it's a big album. You see people return to form 7.8 on pitchfork. Uh, and, and, like what is the quote from Pitchfork? It says aims to conjure the golden expanse of, of the American West. You know, as Michael, you just pointed out, like it's on TV, 
maybe, but there's there's nothing that grounds this in what it's supposed to be about. It's so like just it's cognitively all over the place, and I can't latch on to anything in it except for a song like Moonlight Motel, uh, except for a song I, you know uh, Drive Fast the Stuntman. But like he he's done those. That's <laughs> by my count, there's seven to nine good to great songs. Okay, name them. <laughs> the first four Hitchhiking, Wayfarer, Tucson Wayfair, Train, Western yeah. Stars. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Stuntman. Yep. Uh, somewhere north of Nashville, I'll call good. Uh, Hello, Sunshine, and Moonlight Motel. It's enough. I okay. think that's like seven and a half, maybe eight. Yeah, but seven okay. and a half to nine. Seven and a half to nine. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, I mean, okay. And I, I don't mean to, you know, I, I, it's not that we should be letting everyone get away with everything. I don't think Madonna's new album should be heralded as, you know, the great return of the pop queen in the way that it is. But uh, this album has some meat on it. There's some meat on these bones and there is enough to chew on and to, to return to. Uh, And I'm going to say something. I think it's going to be met with a little bit of uh, (laughs) friction, but I I don't think uh, Black Star is perfect. I think David Bowie's Black Star is a... Oh, shit. I'm losing losing you, Philip. (laughs) (laughs) I think there Uh, are some perfect... I think there are some perfect tracks on there, you know, higher than what we see here, but in terms of these latter-day albums, it's... Does it continue? Does Does it add to the corpus does it add to the canon and i think somehow hello sunshine and um you know i that first 30 seconds of hitchhiking is is great but it's also funny in a way that only springsteen can be funny i'm just traveling up the road maps don't do much for me friend I follow the weather and the wind. The first second of the album is just a, a breath in. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, but you don't need but, that. He right, could have come in, you know, he could have come in just on that note, but it's like, hey, I'm an old man. I'm going to sing into this microphone as much as I got. And here I am singing another song about hitchhiking. <laughs> you know, he knows we know. But like that's what I'm saying is like even so if you go uh, to Genius and read these words and stuff, uh, it's look it's classic Springsteen, right? And, and you're like that could be a great song, and it's just what he raps them in this time. It was it was just to my mind and such a poor production choice. I don't want to take away from anybody's enjoyment of this, like. You know, to be clear, like I'm not gonna listen to this anymore. <laughs> but, but you know, it's just when, like, again, whenever anything like this a, a artist does this, it's the question of why. What, what signifiers in the marketplace said that he can go ahead and do this, or actually, more importantly, that he needed to. You know, you brought up Madonna, and uh, and you're absolutely right about that album. But I, I don't think we've necessarily expected anything from Madonna for a really long time, except she's just going to be Madonna and do weird shit. That's her MO. That's, you know, she's got like Migos on this, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, and, and fine. That's what we expect from her, but we don't expect that from Bruce Springsteen. And, and it doesn't, I'm struggling right now to think of a, uh, artist where this has actually worked. Uh, all right. So I want to connect a couple threads. First off, 
you clearly don't like the production. I think the yeah. production is a very possibly overstudied imp- uh, impersonation of an actual musical style that did exist yeah. that he was paying tribute to. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is whether it's too syrupy. Well, it was too syrupy when they did it in the 1960s. It was very syrupy in the 60s and 70s when country politan was like a genre that people, you know, modeled their music. It was California country music and it had these rich strings and it had these rather florid arrangements. And it's a little saccharine for my taste, too. Uh, the second thing is he's done worse songs than. Yeah, he's done worse songs than uh, Wait Not a Miracle. He's done he's, okay. done he's done other bad songs too and and he gets, you know, he gets a lot of passes cuz he's got a body of work that almost no one in in the history of popular music can compete with. I'm impressed by the degree of your vitriol toward the record overall. <laughs> um, I looked at it's it been a while. It, it's been a while, man. I looked at it as affectionate and possibly somewhat not wholly well-aimed affection, but a very sincere affection towards a kind of a craft that he'd never worked in before. So in that regard alone, it gets props for not being another set of power ballads and rockers with an E Street band backup. It's something he's never tried. So I give him credit for that. I'm less sold than Philip is, but I'm more sold than you are in that regard. So I, I think there's a lot of value here. And I think I might give it, you know, not the not quite rave review that it got from Pitchfork, but or from the uh, New York Times or NPR. Everyone's happy about the record, and I'm not 100 percent persuaded by it. But I respect what he's trying to work with here, because when he's taken these left turns artistically, especially with the production styles, it's usually because he's got a vision of something that he wants to produce that doesn't fit with the E Street Band's mm-hmm. approach and the E Street Band's catalog. So he's, you know, working with people he might not otherwise be working with. He's working with a production cast and instrumentation that he might not naturally gravitate toward. So I think it seems a little forced at times. And that's my that's my observation about the strings, the horn section, the uh, approaches at the Roy Orbison style singing. I think a lot of the singing is actually very good on this record, mm-hmm. not the particular song you criticize. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, mm. But yeah. I, but I I don't I can think it's that different from uh, from the Rising as a whole. I mean, the the production on the Rising is super super syrupy as well. Uh, yes, you know, it was a different it time. Is, and it was a different. It was being presented in a much much different context but you know i don't think it's like springsteen's coming out of the out of left field with these strings i i'd be willing to bet that these are similar maybe the same arrangers who were on that album well to me they just sound like bad strings that that's my problem <laughs> it's 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 not that there's strings in there. They sound like a fucking aerosmith song and i'm like dude you're better than an aerosmith song it's true um, and, and always, I mean, anything on this is better than that. Like, I don't want to close my eyes or whatever. Armageddon. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm reminded of, um, interestingly, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with someone after uh, King of Limbs came out because mm. they said it's not a good Radiohead album. And and we were was sort it of talk- me? It was, and it was his name was Kevin. All right. <laughs> no, and it, but and he, and then eventually we got to a place where we thought, you know what, a bad Radiohead album is still better than most albums oh man this is not going well <laughs> no not going well not no. not how you not what you think no um 
No, not not that particular album. But that, that's a whole other thing. We can talk about that later. But um, I think when someone when someone your point is correct. I, I take your point. Brings yes. yeah to that body of work and lets you think about it in such a holistic way. I mean, I you know even if you think of this as a bad album, I think there's something that really is evocative about it. You know, it doesn't fall flat and I'm not, I'm not bored by it. I'm at least wanting to think of it in comparison to Born to Run and Born in the USA and Nebraska and all these things. Well, I mean, uh, two questions. Uh, do you think people are going to hunt me down because of my apparently bad opinion on this? <laughs> Should we put this out? But They will. Um, okay. Uh, second, uh, you know, if he tours this, then this becomes intriguing mm -hmm. to me because... A lot of times, stuff that doesn't work on wax can go very different places uh, in a live setting, at, which King of Limbs actually did back to Radiohead. So mm. I'm a fan of that in a live setting, just not on the record. And and so I wonder, like, if he toured this with a uh, a whole like string section, uh, maybe not, maybe a little bigger than a quartet, not a symphony, but um, to just sort of accompany him on a solo guitar, like how this would play. It'd be thrilling. I mean, I think a lot of Devils and Dust didn't work for me, but it was, oh, a, it was a great tour. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it's I think overall stronger than this, but it, you yeah. know, there there are moments that don't work for me, and then then he proved out on the road that these were that you know he he just offers an extra strength with his live performance, which yeah. you know it's it's boring to talk about his age at this point but it's it's insane yeah. what he does at his age it's it's nuts three hour shows three and a half hour shows breaking yeah. his own records every night i mean mm -hmm. he, you know so if he does tour with it you know god help us <laughs> yeah I, I mean i i think we've all seen him in like i can't uh i saw him in charlottesville in like 2007 or 2008 mm. and like i could not like i was just like you've been going for three and a half hours dude what is even going on? You just slid across the stage on your knees. What's happening right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he, so he is, there's maybe this is how I keep people from killing me. Like Springsteen's amazing. There's a reason he's called the boss. Um, the other thing though, and this is a, sort of a weird thing to rub me wrong on this. In the times we're in, we, you know, the old joke that like, there's going to be a hell of a lot of like great punk music. And stuff. And um, look, he has been a, a voice of political power and, and an advocate, and he puts his money where his mouth is and he sings about it. Uh, and he seems to be just the next in a line of people who just said, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. And, uh, and, and, and I don't and I don't know if if I was necessarily look like I needed Springsteen's like voice to tell me like it's going to be okay by like raging against everything and stuff. But, but to have it be all about just basically, you know, being a man. And I'm like, Oh, okay, dude. So that's funny. And that gets at a nice thing is it to me, it's not about being a man. This album's not about being an, a man or aspiring to be, be a man as uh, I think you can classify born to run. Mm -hmm. It's looking back at men who thought they were being men. And interesting. And the folly in that, the beauty in that, the intrigue of a life lived as a stuntman, the beauty of a life lived as a guy who was on a set with John Wayne and never let that go and milked that to its dying day. I think that's, that is to me, because he's, he's incredible, but 
there's an alternate universe where Bruce Springsteen never made it. And he was just a hack at a bar in, yeah. you know, Ashbury Park. And he knows that, you know, like, uh, do, do, you think, do, do you think, do you think he's, do you think <laughs> you know he's, do you think he's like looking down on his characters then? Like no, these no, are people no, that he's no, looks down on the characters. I mean, it's like factory, you know, he knows these characters. He, he, right. he, his heart is in these characters and he couldn't, live that life where he wanted so badly not to live that life. And we have proof of that, you know, in the one man show and in the book, he says these things explicitly that this wasn't a life for him, but he knows these guys and he, he feels for these guys and he wanted to make their story heard and he wanted to make his sister's story right. heard, you know, and, and the river and all this. And I think that's where he is. And he's looking at it as an older man. And, you know, what does an older has been actor have to offer except for a bit part in a Viagra commercial? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's that. And that to me is the heart of this album. That's where I was like, wow, he's really, you know, he's uh, in Dancing in the Dark. That guy is I'm sick of sitting ra- around here trying to write this book. That's not a, that's not him. That's mm-hmm. a guy who's trying to write a book to, you know, live out the beat poet fantasy of being the American voice right. and the author and and. And that's always the take that Springsteen's had to me that really resonates is, um, you know, these are the losers, but we're, you know, we're pulling out of here to win. That's, you know, that's it. So the losers are just for me better on on Born in the USA, which I mean, is a fair fair comp. But but I mean, because that guy is also in Dancing in the Dark. That's that's a guy who who can't relate to other people and and is not going to find love. He's he's like I'll do anything, <laughs> really. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But he's still not going to get it. But uh, tune into the podcast that we published yesterday to find out more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to go back to you, Philip. I think one of the things that Springsteen always did well with people that he may not have uh, lived their life experiences, but he always showed empathy. So I mean, you never sense that a Springsteen song is cruel towards its protagonist. Mm-hmm. You typically sense empathy. You, ten, you sense uh, an attempt at understanding, even if the decisions that the characters in the song make are the wrong ones. If they're even if they're the losers, even if they're you know stuck in a failing marriage or a failing town or a failing industry. Um, but since this record seems so fictional, since the stories seem so contrived, they're kind of pastiches of characters from television and movies and whatnot. It's harder to get a sense of that empathy. Yes, you sense it on Tucson Train. You sense it on uh, Wayfarer, which I think is is really very good. Um, but at some points, Springsteen's ability to to put you one degree from the character it seems to have evaded him on this record, and maybe that's what Kevin's unhappy about. Because yeah, that's exactly what I'm unhappy. You don't about. you don't empathize with the people because they don't necessarily seem real. Yeah. Yeah, one of my notes. One of my notes is 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 literally like the protagonist is born in the USA, and and I I view that as like one protagonist. It's a guy, and there's some other songs in there, but uh, and I care about that guy, and and I I wonder what's going to happen to that guy, and I'm worried about that guy, and none of these people on this record I give a flying fuck about, <laughs> and I'm just like okay, cool, you you know even um the, the thing about the the drug addiction on Tucson train, like, cool. You, you, you fucked up and everything. And like, uh, happy, get a second chance. Like that's not, there's no weight to that. And, hmm. and it's very, um, 
it's very honestly it's very uh, musically male gaze it's like the rom-com what we wish would happen like i fucked up so many years ago but hey i, I got clean and what do you know stopping on the train uh yeah it's and it look that's a classic song like or the motif is classic of what that <laughs> song is, is talking about but but it's not something that i buy in 2019 and that and that well, I think I think you hit it for me, Michael. Is that that's where I'm I'm just not sold that any of these people, except for weirdly, I, I I sort of joked on it for being a Buffett song, but Jimmy Buffett's fucking awesome. Sleepy Joe's Cafe. There's a place out on the highway across the San Bernardino line where the truckers and the bikers gather every night at the same time. Seven, the band comes in and locals dance the night away. Sleepy Joe's Cafe. I drive on down from the big town Friday when the clock strikes five. As the red sun sets in the ocean, I start to come alive. Summer girls in the parking lot slap on the I know that guy. Like that's that's a guy who who is not in uh, Glory Days. That's a guy who like is is actually has enjoyed his fucking life, and you feel it, or I feel it. Can I just make one little digression? This is a little you referenced earlier a little dissatisfaction that Springsteen was kind of not engaging, you know, politically, socially, as he sometimes does. One weird observation I had about this record is that this was a record of TV westerns where everyone's a white guy. There's no there's no indication here of the West being a Hispanic part of the world. There's no there's no characters who seem like they're coming out of another uh demographic category. You know, the white guy is the conflicted hero and the Native American is the simplistic villain or a idealistic, you know, mystic or whatever, but they're not really people. And there's no black people. There's no Hispanic people. This is just like TV Westerns where they're just the white guys who have stories. And I can't help feeling that that's a little uh, myopic. But on the other hand, maybe it's true to the fact that the West, as Springsteen experiences, it was something on TV shows in black and white, literally and figuratively. And there's a little bit of a, I think, a narrowness to the storytelling, which you don't sense on Born in the USA. You don't sense in, um, you know, Ghost of Tom Jode or whatever. Would you guys uh, ride yeah. with the sonic equivalent of the show Dallas? <laughs> does, that, does, that, does that work? Phil, I'm sorry. <laughs> you'll be unsurprised to know that I've never seen an episode. <laughs> you can find it on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Go go for Love Boat instead. That, that was that was where the real winner was. No, I'll I'll, um, give, I'll concede that though. That's a that's a great point. I think uh, there's almost always a totally out of left field perspective on all of his greatest albums. Mm -hmm. You know, you get that 
you get that voice that wasn't being heard in the mainstream that's voiced in in almost all those albums starting with you know born in the usa was not yeah. a popular um you know well i guess descent of the vietnam war was was a clear theme in rock and roll but in the mid 80s it wasn't something that was roaring and he brought it back with a vengeance and mansion yeah. on the hill is something that you know you just there's always these these cutting um there's a class takes. consciousness you're, you're, and you're right you're right yeah i think that is that is missing on here in one or two tracks that highlight that would have maybe pushed it to the next level and there are certainly tracks that could have been cut or revamped to to do that yeah so i'll concede that and well, I'm should not trying be to track it down, but you know, I'm just pointing <laughs> out where I think Springsteen yeah. had a had a broader lyrical vision sometimes that he yeah. misses a little bit on this sort of this sort of record. And I, I'm not dragging on the record the way that Kevin is, but I still feel like there's some missed opportunities here. Well, it's you know, and perhaps for me, it's I was expecting to be disappointed again and looking for a gem. And I, I found a few gems on the last record. I really didn't find any on the record before that. It really, it really kind of broke my heart. And on this one, I was delighted over and over and over again from that starting point mm -hmm. of right, I don't right. know what this is going to do for me, right. if anything at all. And I thought. Well, damn, we've, we're five or six tracks in, and I'm I'm having a good time, you know, and 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 yeah. that was, um, you know, and I hear what you're saying about the saccharine, um, take on it. I, I, I to me, I kind of tried to flip that in my head. I thought Inicio Morricone, uh, okay, kind of okay. by way of Sufjan Stevens, because those okay. bells are so clangy that it almost sounded lo-fi, like it does on Illinois and Michigan and right, those early right. Sufjan records. You know, I really thought that it was sort of like, um it was sort of like a lo-fi wall of sound done at Capitol records. Right. Does that make sense? Right. No, 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 that makes sense. And, and I feel like my, Michael and I are now, I think Michael's come over to the dark side a little. So I think we're bringing down. That's, <laughs> def that's definitely not the goal here because, because look, you know, it, it, it is, there is, you know, if you can find joy in an album, you should, Yeah. Uh, whether, or not, whether or not anybody else likes it or not. I, I, uh, I am, um, you know, just a function of, of what this is. Like I have to like look at stuff critically and then, and take out the things that I don't like. I, and this is the last negative thing I'll say about this. And, and I will probably get killed for this. Like <laughs> this feels like what would happen if, if, if Jason Isbell passed Southeastern, like basically had input in this album and, yeah. and you all can take that for what it is, but I do not, I'll just leave, I'll just leave that hanging there. But, uh, and you know, but, you know, Isbell has a fantastic career still. Uh, he makes music that doesn't resonate with me. And and Springsteen has a whole fuck ton of music that resonates with me. Well, think about even his first... I mean, it's funny. I mean, to me, this is better than his first two albums. And I know what I'm saying there because I've listened to those albums. <laughs> oh, wow. They're coming for you, dude. No, I mean, <laughs> truly. I mean, I just don't... I don't think... By his own admission, those albums weren't produced right. And I think he, whether you think, no, he, whether you think he hit or didn't, you know, he at least he had an. Uh, this album has an identity. That album, those two albums lack electric guitar. You know, with underlined yeah, that yeah, a yeah. million times. They lack electric guitar. They lack Miami Steve, Little Steven. There was in, and so even on this, I feel more direction. I feel more, more of that forward momentum. Right. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Um, I think, but it is it is one of those things that we're less than a week out on this album, and so yeah, yeah, in six true, months, true. a year, who knows? 
I, I still listen to Black Star once once a month, truly. You know, so so there yeah. there is a uh, an avenue, there is a space for someone to do something this late in their career that still shakes up the whole legacy. And this might be part of it. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to say. And, and that point is important. Like they're they're all yeah, there always is. There there is especially if you're Springsteen, you shouldn't be like I got to do what the public wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Like you should, you know, he had this in his heart and he put it on wax. Yeah. And that's kind of all you really need to know about it. Right. Like that's what you should do. Yeah. He was true to his vision. Yeah. Yeah. It's new Springsteen. I can't complain. I mean, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, and uh, y'all go listen to this. I'm going to listen to it. So. I don't remember the fear, just the breeze. Dry fast, fall hard. I'll keep you in my heart. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't mind the scars. Just dry fast, fall hard. Big thanks to Philip and Michael for taking the time to hang out and talk about that. That was a whole lot of fun, man. A whole lot of fun. Uh, Western Stars is available everywhere you can buy records right now, as, as you probably deduce. I'm not going to be picking it up anytime soon, but that shouldn't keep you from doing it. Uh, as always, if something, you know, if, if it's your jam, uh, it's your jam. That's just how it goes. And you don't need anybody's permission to like it. You don't need uh, anybody, any more information to like it you know if something hits you in the right way touches your heart or your soul then then that is yours now and that is that is a beautiful thing so for all those people who are getting ready to send me nasty emails don't it's fun it's 100 percent uh that is it for this episode of discologist coming up in the next few weeks we have fruit batches coming out we're going to talk about brad meldow we're going to talk about purple mountain somewhere down the way we're going to talk about ryan port there's a lot of albums that's that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of albums we're going to get to. Uh, we've been a little slow the past two weeks, but uh, but we're picking up steam again as the releases come fast and furious. Also, a heads up, coming around July, end of July, we're going to take a quick break from the show. Uh, uh, we are moving into the new headquarters here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and there will be a studio set up and all that, and then we can get back to it. So thanks for hanging out, guys. Thanks for listening. I uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Until then. Be good out there. Listen to good music. In the desert made our stand a Figured maybe together we could get the broken pieces to fear. Dry fast fall hard.